0: You're listening to Haunting History Podcast, the podcast that reaches back into the past to the stories that still haunt us today. Tales of true crime, mysteries, and sometimes even the macabre. Join us as we travel back in time to the people and the lives behind the headlines. Listen as we research the stories that are still haunting those left behind, shining a new light on dark and cold cases. As the saying goes, someone out there knows something. Are you that someone? Welcome back to Haunting History Podcast. I'm your host, Kat. And I'm Haley. This week is episode four of our cold case series, Who Killed Carrie Patterson? If you haven't listened to the first three episodes, pause here and go listen. But to reiterate our topic, Carrie Patterson was a pretty and outgoing 15-year-old. On June 26, 1980, she left her new home in Fullerton, California, and walked to a local ice cream parlor to meet some friends. Three of those friends, Danny, Michael, and Tony, left the ice cream parlor with Carrie, one of them, Danny, giving Carrie a ride on his handlebars to within a few blocks from her home. There, they have always maintained that they dropped her off and headed to their own homes. Carrie's family and friends never saw her again. Sometime between the time the boys said they left her and the few minutes it would have taken her to complete her journey home, Carrie disappeared. Six months later, her mom, Crystal, saw a smart article in the Orange County Register saying a female's partial remains had been found in Tonner Canyon in Brea, California. What had originally been a missing persons case quickly changed to a murder investigation, which over the years has turned into a cold case. The Sheriff's Department believes that someone out there knows what happened to Carrie that day 40 years ago. We hope by sharing her story, it will help to find that person or people and appeal to them to please come forward and tell what you know. It may even be a tiny tidbit of information, so small that you don't think it matters or that it's insignificant. But to the detectives over the last 40 years and her family, that tiny bit of information may lead lead to a break in this case and give his sister and her mom the closure they and every missing person's family deserves. The Fullerton PD, who was the original responding agency, believed Carrie was a runaway, regardless of what her mom was saying or what evidence there was. This sealed Carrie's fate. For many years, law enforcement agencies have utilized the services of psychics. In fact, the CIA and Department of Justice recently released a guide to using psychics in investigations. In a study they did, eight of the 11 agencies contacted reported that a psychic had provided quote-unquote otherwise unknown information which was helpful to the case. In three of those eight cases, missing bodies were found in areas matching the description offered by the psychic. Crystal, Carey's mom, was connected to a psychic back in 1980 by the police department. Throughout this time, that I've been researching and interviewing Carrie's case, I have been talking to my friend, who happens to be a psychic medium, Christy. I don't always contact her for her abilities. A lot of times it's just as a friend to listen as I work through all the different aspects of a case. In this instance, I asked if she could see what she would get in regards to Carrie. Christy Vaughn by day is a clinical research manager and MBA master's business admin in the healthcare industry. In today's episode, I have Michelle, Carrie's sister, and Christy. This is a second meeting between Christy and Michelle. In the first meeting, we really didn't pay attention to recording or sound, as we wanted Michelle, who was interested in hearing what Christy had to share, we wanted her to be able to react and respond or ask any questions she wanted without any concern that it was being recorded or would be shared. This meeting is us going over all of the things that Christy has said and allowing Michelle to interject now that she's had a couple of weeks to absorb all the information. This recording begins with a disclaimer Christy is going to read.
1: I am a psychic medium, which means I see and I talk to dead people. And yes, I do realize how crazy that sounds. My goal as a medium is to get validation and messages from the deceased person, which I can then convey to their living friends and family. It's certainly not an exact science. Sometimes the deceased people with whom I'm communicating don't have the answers to the questions we're asking. They may not remember things exactly as they occurred. They may want to talk to us, but they don't know exactly how to convey their message. Sometimes I, or the living people to whom I'm giving the messages, don't understand or interpret what I get correctly. This case in particular is really sensitive, and there's a lot at stake here. A heinous crime has gone unsolved for decades, and a family is grieving an unimaginable loss. I so appreciate the respect, empathy, and integrity in Kat's handling of cold cases, and I take the same approach. In a cold case like Carrie's, we're frequently challenged when I pick up information that can't be validated. We may never know if what I get is correct or not, and that can be really frustrating. Some of the material that I picked up about Carrie has been confirmed by her family and law enforcement, and we continue to get more But I want to be really clear that what I contribute is never an accusation or proof of a crime, and it should receive the same level of scrutiny as any case-related information. No psychic should ever claim to be 100% right or insist that unvalidated data is the truth or fact. To do this work effectively, we have to take ourselves out of the equation and just deliver the messages. The facts will sort themselves out.
0: It was about a month ago, you and I went on a walk with Bob. But even before that, when I originally asked you about Carrie's case, I don't remember exactly what I gave you. I think I only told you her name. Is that correct?
1: Maybe her first name and maybe the year she disappeared. And I think that was about it.
0: Okay. When I called you that day and I said, I'm working on a case. Do you want to see what you get? What do you, how do you, what do you do?
1: I just tune in to the person and whatever information you do give me, whether it's the name or the year. And see what I get. And I start to, um hear things see things feel things and i write them down and i send it to you and then you can help um you usually don't give me a lot more information but you at least say yes or no yes or no like is that true or is that not true yeah and that helps me because it kind of opens up the door more because then i then i i don't know if i know what direction to go in but it just kind of helps me follow the trail
0: and one of the first things you sent me was a picture of a teenage girl with like
1: feathered hair Mm -hmm. and that's pretty accurate wouldn't you say michelle Yes, she definitely had the 80s feather going on. Yeah. And you sent me a couple of pictures and it was interesting because um, I sent you some pictures and the pictures the picture that you sent me of Carrie actually didn't look exactly like I had seen her but then you just sent me a picture a couple of days ago that looked almost a identical picture, to the I original picture that I saw of her and I, and I was like okay that's what I was seeing was that picture that you just sent me. And then one of the first things you said cuz you I don't know that I don't I, you
0: might know cuz I Michelle I start texting I'll text you and ask you questions but what you do is you'll send me a list of all the things that you got yes. and then I'll write back and say yes that makes sense no that really doesn't make sense but one of the first things you said was you were getting an L name is there an L name like Linda Lindy Laura Lucy well yeah or
2: her nickname was Lulu her middle name was Louise and her nickname was Lulu and everyone called her Lulu And there was even, back then, a cartoon with a little Lulu doll. And so that was her name, Lulu. And then you asked me if she had a Raggedy
0: Ann doll. And I have no idea, but then we asked you, Michelle.
2: Right. I don't remember a Raggedy Ann doll, but I clearly know there was a little Lulu doll. And it kind of looked like a big egg with legs. So it was
0: like a rag doll, not like a rag the end doll, but like a rag doll. It was
2: definitely a rag doll. And I remember when my mom went to see a psychic way back when in 1980, she took the little Lulu doll. She took the doll with her. With her. And it freaked the The medium or psychic out so badly, she asked her to go put it in the car. So it's interesting how this that christy is now getting us you know feeling the doll. about this doll
0: and then the other thing was um you got a small white dog which i couldn't yeah. answer either michelle could answer
1: and i kept seeing the dog every time i tuned into her i saw the dog every single time it was like five times in a row and i kept bugging kathy and she said okay i'll ask i'll ask yes yeah. we had
2: a small white dog named muffin she was a little toy poodle and we had a black toy poodle also who was the mother of muffin Muffin, and Gidget. And those were our dogs when we when she went missing. And Muffin actually got hit by a car not long after she died. Oh, Her, that's interesting. After she disappeared. Oh, really?
0: You didn't tell me that.
2: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I I remember that she did, and it it wasn't long after we lived there.
0: Oh that's so weird. So like that is interesting. It's kind of
1: interesting that you were getting a
0: dog yeah. all the time with her and the dog died right after she did. Yeah.
1: And mm-hmm. and Kathy even asked me, do you think the dogs associated with Carrie or maybe with the person that took her or the person that she was with? Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, I I couldn't get a feel for that, but the fact that the dog kept showing up with her made me think that she was attached to the dog or the dog was attached to her, but somehow that they were together in that respect that's really crazy. Yeah, that is interesting actually.
0: Um, one of the bigger things I found really interesting was um you had kept talking about eucalyptus trees that you saw rows of eucalyptus trees and it didn't mean anything and I always just like kinda leave it whatever you say and wait for later and when we went on the walk with um investigator Bob, the walk that Carrie took that day to the ice cream parlor and back with the boys is on a eucalyptus lined street. Yes. And it's not very common. Like that whole street is literally rose upon just a huge row of eucalyptus trees. That was trees. really
1: clear. I mean, that was one of the very strongest things that came through in the beginning was And there's the, no the way trees. that
0: – I didn't know that. Yeah. And you didn't remember that until you went back. Did you even think about it when you were there? No,
2: I remembered the trees because I always thought it was creepy because uh. I had to walk down that street by myself. Well, and they school. shaved the whole street. And so on the – on one side, it was a dirt trail, kind of like a horse trail. Maybe it was a horse it trail. It was a horse trail, I It think. was a horse trail. Yeah. And it was... Con- your view was completely covered, so from mm. the street. No one could even see it. But according to Bob Tapp, the investigator, when I went on the walk with him as well, they told me that the boys said they dropped her off on that side of the street, which would have been the same side as the trees, but... They claim she was dropped off across the street. So she wouldn't have been walking down where the trees were. She would have been on the other other side where Hughes was. So that part was also very
0: confusing Confusing. to me. The other thing that you texted me about several times was tennis shoes, white sneakers, white tennis shoes. And at the time, I just kind of put it in the back of my head because I didn't know anything. And then later... I found out, A, she was wearing white sneakers. Two, the sneakers were significant enough that the boys said that she told them she was going to go home and clean her white tennis shoes. And she, your mom said she did that all the time, that that was a thing.
2: Yeah, it was weird. She did. I guess everybody had vans back then, mm-hmm. and she always had white vans, and she was obsessed with keeping them keeping white. Them white.
1: Like and that's so them weird. Yeah,
0: that's yeah, that You
1: brought it up. I, mean, I want to
2: say you brought it up three or four times,
0: yeah, either I did. tennis shoes or I, white sneakers. I kept, and
1: I think that when I get information, it's something that I don't know that it's necessarily important to solving the case per se, but it's something that is important to the person the, the person on the other side or that was, that was important to them around the time that they died in this case. I just think that that was something that maybe it factored into her decision about how she ended up on the side of the road walking home that day. I don't know, but it... it Kind of like the dog it, it kept a, coming back. Yeah, it was a significant yeah. thing
0: in the case. The other thing is that you got stop sign near a corner or just a stop sign. And when you and I walked it, it's not a stop sign. It's a street light. A light. But then Bob told us that
2: it was originally a stop sign where the boys dropped her off. Is that right? Correct. There was no light there back then. In fact, when Bob first told me about the street name, I couldn't even picture it in my head. I had no memory of this street even existing and then when I walked it I said oh yes this was here it just wasn't a light at all
0: and then the other things you got that she was a slim build and she was really petite right very um looks her age or younger by like 2020 standards did she look young
2: I thought so I did see one comment on Facebook one time that said this girl looks like a 30 year old woman and I went huh what I didn't I just thought that was bizarre. She's like a little girl, like in all the pictures I've seen. she definitely did. I mean, I guess it was with that flowered Hawaiian shirt on. The Hawaiian shirt. I think because it's just so – that's just not what people look like these days. Right. You know, I just think it just looked odd to this person. But to say 30 years old, I thought that was – way off base really she off. was really small and tiny and
1: childlike, and, and that may be why i she came across to me as as seeming younger than her she just looked younger she didn't her but personality did, didn't seem younger but she just looked younger she did have a figure like a she did like a
2: nice booty and she definitely i guess she didn't look like the little girl if you were looking at uh, maturity wise
0: development wise
2: development wise she she had a good figure like you would notice it
0: The other, the things that we, we can't confirm were things that you got in regards to what happened to her, that, um, she could have, the guy was familiar to her, um, dark hair, mustache hair is not short, longish seventies style. He was awkward. You got that she was a dancer and that she was, she liked roller skating, Skipping yeah. or moving your feet. And you said that you guys used to roller skate. But, that- we- but that's so typical of the 80s. I mean, everybody. Kind yeah. of roller skated
2: all the time. My mom roller skated. We roller skated around the um, neighborhoods. We went to roller rinks. That's just what you did at that time. You asked if she was a softball player. Yeah. I saw and her she with was. the bat. My dad coached us. She and we have softball? several um, pictures of us playing softball.
0: One of the things you got was drama. Can you tell us about it? There was That was why you moved, was drama with other girls.
2: Right. She, from what I remember, um, during her freshman year of high school, at Cerritos High School, she just was not doing well there. Um, Cerritos at the time was diverse in that... Um, She's one of the only white girls that... I would say maybe 50-50, but when she went to high school, she did have some problems with girls you know being jealous and our, she was getting into fights and she wasn't fighting they were just being really mean to her and she used to wear a lot of jewelry and necklaces back then You had everybody had a charm necklace yeah these little charms on them and I remember one time a girl like ripped it off her neck and and um, that was the whole reason why you moved from it was Salis to Fullerton my parents were like okay we need to get out of this neighborhood and mm. Fullerton at the time was up and coming, like our house was brand new, the neighborhood was brand new, and of course we had an old neighbor named Danny who moved to Fullerton, and Sunny Hills was this new area of Fullerton, and Sunny Hills High School was a good high school, and they looked and found a brand new house, and
0: we moved. Now, another thing you had told us when, Christy, um, when you met with Michelle before that you felt that Carrie was hiding something, like she was
1: telling you a secret.
0: And you said that you thought it might be pot.
1: Yeah, it it was like, she was trying to tell me it's a small secret. And I can't tell anybody. And I thought maybe she was smoking pot, which in 1980, for a 15 year old girl, you know, I'm, I'm in that generation, too, that would have been something that we would have wanted to hide from our parents. I don't know if that was it or not. But she, there was something it was, it was like in her 15 year old mind, she didn't want me to know or didn't want me to tell other people was something she was keeping a secret. You had also said that you felt
0: that maybe um, Carrie had actually gotten in the car with someone that she knew, that she may have gone willingly with someone.
1: Yeah, that was the kind of the impression. Um, I got that impression initially. And then when we did the walkthrough with um, the detective, I got the feeling that she may have recognized the car or the person and then immediately realized that she had made a mistake somehow quickly but i don't know if it was somebody that maybe she didn't know she felt comfortable with but there was like an initial sense of either i know this person or i'm comfortable with this person and then it kind of changed real quickly like okay this is not a good thing that that is happening here right so you said that you kept hearing her say i made a mistake i made i made a mistake right and i don't know if that was her reaction in real time when she was like in the car with the person right away or if that was kind of retrospectively like looking Mm -hmm. back on it like remembering what happened like when i did that it was a mistake but right
2: i just she was so close to home i think it'd be weird for her to like
1: choose to go with someone jump
2: in the car to be driven home because it was just way too close but it was a different time back then and people got in cars with people and it could
0: have even been someone that she was familiar enough with like even, like, one of the construction workers in your neighborhood, like, recognized her and she recognized him just from being in and out or, hey, you helped me find my dog the other day. Right. Can you help me again? You right. know what I mean? It could have mm-hmm. not even been someone she knew. It could have been just a family. Someone she recognized. Yeah, like,
2: oh, yeah, I'll help you.
0: Or, yeah. well, or hey, do only- you know where the gas station is or something? You know right. what I mean? We'd only
2: been there two weeks. And I did actually start thinking about the neighbors. And we had only been there two weeks, so we didn't really know anyone in my neighborhood. And I was thinking about that. I'm like, what if, what if, you know, it was a neighbor? I mean, who it knows? Could, yeah.
0: Or if it could have been something name. happened to your little sister. I mean, they've said that before where an, a doctor says, something happened to your little sister, your mom wants me to take you to the hospital.
2: Right. Do you know what right, I mean? Where yeah. it could,
0: where a child, I mean, someone, a girl who's 15, I mean, I feel like now we tell our kids constantly, like you have a password or a code word or don't ever get in a stranger's car. or I don't care if the next door neighbor tells you to go with them. Don't go with them. I don't feel like that was a big thing in the eighties. I don't think we told our kids that or drummed it into their heads. Like we do I don't now. Think we
2: did because like, even at Halloween time and stuff, we were out in the neighborhood without parents and running around, running around till 10 o'clock at night without supervision. And and in hindsight, it was a terrible idea considering yeah. with the amount of research that I've done, there were so many murders in, and in the 80s and abductions. Yeah. And it was, it's insane. Right. But nobody knew because we didn't have any kind of social media. So,
0: Chrissy, you had said when you were listening to the episode that with Michelle, this was be- before or after you met Michelle?
1: after I met Michelle.
0: So you were listening to episode two with Michelle, and you said that you had an emotional reaction to it. What was that?
1: I did. I was, I was in the car, and I was listening to it. And I'm not really a crier. um, But about 20 minutes into the episode, I I, I lost it. I got very emotional, very upset. And I kind of checked in with myself and said, Okay, what's going on? Because this is this isn't me. This isn't mine. And I realized when I kind of stepped back a little bit, I think it was Carrie coming through. and, And it was like she was saying they remembered me. They remembered me and and it was a really emotional moment for her and kind of a, a healing moment for her as well, because I think for people on the other side, it's it's kind of like they, they forget things or they're, I don't really know. And I haven't had a super close connection with Carrie, but it really felt like she heard for the first time in a different way. That you guys were paying attention and and listening. and I, and I realize you've been doing that all the time to- all along ever since the day she was gone, but it was it was a different level for her. and it really hit her in a different way. and yeah. And I felt her emotion and her feelings
2: well that kind of makes me feel bad that she could know that we weren't really thinking and talking about it because it's true. It took me forever to deal with it.
1: You had felt that Carrie wanted.
0: Michelle, to release her guilt, and then that just created more guilt for you. Yeah,
1: and, and there's no reason to feel guilty because every, g- grief is a very subjective thing. Everybody handles it differently, and everybody handles traumatic events differently. And it's not, I mean, it's your journey, it's your mom's journey, and it's Carrie's journey. And all of you are in a different place on it right now. And, I mean, your mom, we talked about your mom as well and how it, it's affecting your mom. And we don't want, Carrie doesn't want you guys to to have guilt or hurt or mm-hmm. carry over the pain. And she's on her own journey too. I mean, she's got to process what happened to her and that's se- separate from what's happening with you guys mm-hmm. because she went through a really traumatic event as well. So mm-hmm. I just think it was kind of,
2: but hearing that you know, is actually a positive thing because I think it, it
1: makes me want to keep going.
2: Cause sometimes I just think, you know, why am I doing this? It's, there's nothing, there's literally nothing. And, I know I was talking to my brother and he's like short of someone confessing, going to go on forever as it just an unsolved, depends. Unsolved case. It depends. Do you I, I'm curious about that too because
0: I mean clearly her mom has um, aside from Michelle, Michelle did it in a different way. Michelle wasn't necessarily looking for answers to her sister, but she did it in the way that she was investigating and reading and And immersing herself in every missing person's case. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, and then, but, but with Crystal, Crystal was looking for Carrie. And especially during the time of her death, which would have been, again, like Carrie going through her own journey. That was a traumatic, she wasn't thinking about her mom. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, I just, what, is there just a point where all these things converge? Do you know what I mean?
2: You even think that you blocked certain things out, right? I do. I also feel like something is has gone on in my mind. Even now, it's a little bit better now, but I can't even keep myself in the train of thought. It just it just escapes me
0: because it's probably because it's painful. Like well, I I'm think- sure,
2: yeah. And I never re- I never got any kind of therapy or anything for it. For my, one of my daughters now is a therapist. And she loves to therapize me. So, <laughs> and talk about my trauma and all of that. And, you know, just never was dealt with. And, um, but yeah, I had a really long, hard time just dealing with it, not dealing with it, even thinking about it. I mean, it was easier to think
0: about another missing person's case mm-hmm, than it was mm-hmm. to think about your own sisters. Mm-hmm. I
2: just wonder if, like, for
0: Carrie, right now, how you're saying that when you were listening to the podcast and it was her sister talking that, that there's just like kind of a convergence of energy. Do you know what I mean? There was at that point. Yes. Because like I'm researching it. Bob's investigating it. Michelle is being forced to think about it. Her mom is having to answer questions. You're trying to reach out to her. Like all these things, like there's been articles written about her. They've always been investigating her. You know what I mean? This is the most action
2: this has ever had. So I'm glad she's feeling that. Yeah. Yeah. Like
0: it's a convergence. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because like I'm even talking to Keith Sharon, who I hope to have on the show, but we just haven't been able to connect yet. He like it feels like is that does that happen is i guess that's my question it could it it, it goes back to convergence of all of this energy all at one time it
1: could and i think the energy is starting to connect and and i mean there's some momentum gathering i think and maybe that's the best word for it and i i hope that carrie will help us and continue to help us and point us and and you know i think if we all listen to you know i mean there's there's facts and there's um investigations and there's you know, things that need to happen in terms of confirming and validating facts. But I also think that we all need to listen to our gut and our intuition and follow that too, because I think we we are getting connections and and hearing, uh, hearing things and feeling things and pulling all that together. And I think it is impacting what's happening to Carrie too.
0: And you had a specific message for Michelle from Carrie.
1: Yeah, it's not your fault. And she was really clear about that. It's not your fault. She she was very emphatic. It's not your fault, and we talked about that when we met the first time. And I didn't know what that meant, and you explained it to me. And you know, I just want to reiterate that for you because I think that that's probably been um, hovering over you for most of your life. And people make choices, and horrible things happen to people, and you didn't have any control over what happened. So and it's, you were a it's little not kid. Your fault. Yeah, your
0: guilt for not saying don't um go that day is a not that's not the guilt that your sister wants you to carry
2: i wish i could go back and say don't go throw a fit
0: would that have changed anything
2: probably not <laughs> and you know that
0: you actually not. know that or maybe and- i
2: should have gone and gotten her
0: i don't know you were
1: how old you were 12 12 yeah yeah and she, little... was <laughs> she was headstrong. She was she was cheeky and headstrong. I, right. I you know, she would have just said, "Nope, sorry, bye." <laughs> Probably. <laughs> so and your um for her mom,
0: you feel like the guilt has physically affected yeah, her.
1: Yeah, I think that the guilt has has impacted her physically and it's it's just taken a toll on her and I think it's affecting her health. And is affecting her heart and you know w- when you talk about a broken heart mm-hmm. it affects people emotionally and it affects people physically too and I think you know if I could could pass any message on to your mom it would be to to forgive yourself forgive for her to forgive herself she didn't do anything wrong either she, she did everything wrong. she could and mm-hmm. on some level she knows that but I think she still has that question mark in her mind I like, what else could I have done what I, could I have done differently
2: right now it's hindsight you know once we realized what investigation was done or lack thereof in this case. Um, She didn't know that, you know, she just, she assumed
0: that they were investigating that whole entire time. She did.
1: And And that still may not have changed anything. Right. I mean, there's still, there may just not be any information out there, even if the investigation had been handled differently or by if they'd handle it like they would handle it today, it still might have ended the same way with nothing. I mean, we don't know, and I think that's well. I just think something we have it, to you know. If it was
2: handled differently from the very beginning, the very day, um,
0: there would segue it, into this. One hundred percent would have been another. there.
2: Might have been um, a different outcome because I don't know how anyone could objectively think or create a theory that this girl ran away based on the evidence we actually did have and, and not only that
0: her mom too now go over that what other than the fact that she okay, had money go, on her dresser
2: let's go over it okay we were home that day and she knew a boy from our old neighborhood danny and told me she was going up to the ice cream store to meet her meet him and she would be back and she had her suitcase packed to go to
1: the mountains The
2: mountains with her friend, um, and she had money on the counter for the same reason, and she told the boys who reported to the police that she was going home to wash her shoes. So, if you take all of that together, how could you possibly create a theory that this girl ran away?
0: Right.
2: I don't care if you went and asked someone their opinion, hey, is this the kind of girl that might run away? Well... She well, had never it, run away before. Isn't it, so. isn't it a possibility with every 15-year-old? Do you know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, and I think that's kind of how the question was asked. I mean, Or
0: responded to. Like, they were like, well, any 15-year-old girl might run away. Like, that's right. a stupid question. Did right. she run away? No.
2: No, Do you know she has never run away before. I have no memory of ever having any problems. I don't even remember her being upset with moving. Um, I had recently heard that, that she may have been upset with the move. And I even talked to our friends, Monique and Antonia, that were our neighbors. And we were best friends. And they don't have any recollection of that either. Of this her was, being sad about this having a the brand move. new, awesome house. And it wasn't that far from our old neighborhood. And I have zero memory of her being upset from the move. And I don't well, think my mom does either.
0: In starting school, it's not... She wasn't an awkward little girl. She was a very pretty, outgoing little girl. So starting at a new school would have been exciting, not scary. Right.
2: And she didn't like the old school anyway. Right. She was getting her ass kicked. Right. So why would she want to stay there anyway? Yeah. You know? And she had friends from the old neighborhood in the new neighborhood.
0: So, so like, you know, she had everything going for her. So there was just no reason why.
2: And what's interesting also is you had put up a piece of paper on, I don't know where you got it. There, with, there was it was in her handwriting, and it was a bunch of names. It was my, your mom. It was phone from your numbers. mom. Oh, yeah. that was from my mom. Yeah. Well, what was interesting on that piece of paper? There was Danny's name. There Michael. Was Troy's name. Michael. And Michael. And I didn't even know Troy and Michael existed until Bob got involved in this case. Um, but does that mean she had to have known them before that day? If those. Right. Phone numbers were on this piece of paper. Yeah, because I thought that she met them that day. And they, oh, you did. They were Danny's friends. Yes, and it wasn't until I saw that that piece of paper I thought I went, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute.
0: Yeah, she, she knows clearly, these guys.
2: Yeah, so she knew all of them.
0: Uh huh.
2: I had no idea.
0: Oh, that's so crazy! No
2: idea. I didn't know them. And have you tried to get
0: the file from the Fullerton Police Department I to determine I, what their thoughts were?
2: I called and I ordered it, and they said, "Okay, we'll call you um, when it when I have it." And I never heard back.
0: You know, and I'm still trying to get a hold of that, right? Or at yeah. least ask them to I go over. If I could
2: subpoena it. I mean, when in my cases that I do, I subpoena police reports all the time.
0: Well, it's 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 information that you are completely. Entitled to as a family member.
2: Do you think they would have it even after forty years? It's it
0: one hundred percent. I don't think they got rid of it. I really don't. I think that it, it would be weird for them to have purged it. So right, I think I'm gonna it go wouldn't get it, hurt. Then. Yeah, it wouldn't hurt for you to try and get it again. And then, Christy, do you have any? Do you feel like you could maybe do a reading right now? Like, see if you can.
1: I can sure try.
0: Do you want you want to do that, Michelle? You okay with that? Yeah, sure.
2: Yeah, I can try. All right, because. I'm telling you, I've had a lot of feelings lately. Michelle is all of a <laughs> suddenly having
0: feelings. I was just texting me. I, I, I never, never occurred to me that you had not seen that picture. What had happened is I had emailed a picture to Michelle of um, Carrie that I found online, and that woke a just a shit ton of emotions in you. And I didn't. Did. When I sent it, I was just like, "Oh, she looks so pretty."
2: And I, I think because that's how I remember her and that's exactly what she looked like and that one picture that was always used in the um
0: with the Hawaiian shirt in the paper the, yeah, and the- I just
2: that just really didn't capture her essence and really didn't look like her I mean obviously it was her but the picture you sent me it was like okay that's my sister and that's and a picture that will
0: like, be on our episode webpage this yeah, week I'll that's use that.
2: how I remember her and yeah I just I was which drinking one? wine, and so I was crying. <laughs> which one? Which one did she remember?
1: The
0: one I just sent you the other day.
1: Yeah, that? that's exactly how I saw her too. When I when I first tuned into her, she looked much more like that than she did in the, the picture with the wine. So shirt. was yeah.
2: that a yearbook picture? Yeah,
0: it was so, from Stroudas High School. So
2: that had to have been she only was. She only made it to one year. That was one
0: long. year before. That was exactly probably so that it had photo. Seventy nine, then
2: not
0: eighty. That picture, yeah, would have been yeah, nineteen seventy nine. It would have been most likely um, August of nineteen seventy nine. So that makes sense. Yeah, it would have not been a full year. That picture was not a full year old. It a year old. It was probably like nine or ten months old. And
2: I think then probably that Hawaiian. That was probably seventh grade Hawaiian. or something.
0: That yeah. was definitely older. That was.
2: I remember that picture. Prominently displayed in my house, um, so I always thought that was the last picture she had. That yeah, would, could have been. I don't know. I would did that when you sent me looked like her. That made me remember
1: her. Clear. Clear. Yeah.
0: Are you getting anything?
1: Yeah. Um, did she know anybody who was in a band? A drummer in a band. I do not. Okay. Know. I just saw, and I actually see her playing the drums. So I. Don't know what that means. And I don't know why I'm seeing her playing the drums, but that's what I see.
2: I don't know why I'm thinking that I should be remembering that. Like maybe someone I had a drum don't. set, like a cousin or something. It's really weird. I, I don't, I can't unequivocally say no. Like there's something there in my
1: Okay. Mind. Well, I, you know what? I don't want to dwell on it. If, it, if it's supposed to come out, it'll, we'll mm-hmm. figure it out. Mm-hmm. The other thing I see her doing is rocking a baby. And
0: that's the second time you've done that.
1: And I don't know if it's because she's around you when with your babies or if she's around the baby sister that we talked about. Oh, if she's, she's around the, the baby sister that too. we talked Did about. Did we
0: talk about that in another episode that your parents adopted a baby girl after? What? Like yes, a it was after. in
2: December of 81. We did talk about that.
1: We did because you one of the things you brought up. Yeah, I wrote down "baby sister" in my notes, but and she
2: came after
1: Carrie was, was gone. Dead, so, but the um, fact that
2: she's referencing
1: "baby sister" means that she was she she still could have been around to to observe that. But I or I don't know if. If it meant that she was pregnant and she was rocking. And that was what the reference is. I don't know.
2: It certainly is possible. I know she was sexually active at that time. I mean,
1: she could have been pregnant. And that may be the small secret she was talking about. I don't know. It could be. I I just see her doing that. And I don't, I don't know what that means. It certainly is a possibility. Yeah, it could be that. That could be. And if that's the case, somebody may know that. Somebody, one of her friends may know that or the boy that she was involved with or the man that she was involved with may know that. Right. So there's, I mean, there's two people involved in that. So somebody else, at least one other person is aware of it.
2: Right. And I know when I was listening to Bob's interview, he said that he had read one in one of the reports that she had a boyfriend at the time. And I, that struck me really weird because I didn't have a recollection of her having a boyfriend. And I talked to my mom and my mom didn't have a recollection and I'm thinking, okay, we had been in, fullerton for two weeks there was no boy that i could recall her talking to other than danny it's
1: crazy maybe there was a boy a secret boyfriend and maybe that was part of the secret too or or some because if your parents weren't aware of it i mean and she was you know i it's hard to say how Mm -hmm. what 15 years old for some girls is too young to have a boyfriend for some girls it's normal to have a boyfriend Mm -hmm. and you know people don't object to it but it was um I mean, that that but that came that through. fact
2: right there makes me want to get the police report even more because I want to know the name of this boyfriend. Yeah, because
0: and how what they talked to him about what his explanation
1: was. Right. Would, I
2: would reach right out to him and have know, them say, talk. you know,
1: and I see it's weird. I see her right now putting mm-hmm. her finger up to her mouth like Shh, it's a like, secret it's again. A secret so again. There, there's something around this that she doesn't mm-hmm. want people to know or at the time didn't want people to know. So I, I think, you know, again, like anything else that, that I come up with, I'm just going to put it out there and it may come back later. The drummer may come back later. You know, it's hard to say. It's hard to validate things sometimes. So are you getting anything else? Um, not right now. So is there something else we can talk about and I'll pipe in if I get something.
0: (laughs) Oh, another name that you had brought up that I forgot about was Susie.
1: Was there any
2: Susie in your life?
1: Oh, and that came up a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. You
2: asked me about that and i don't have can't think of anything of that.
0: no and who were, i just recently your mom just recently told me her best friend's names antonio Antonia, and antonia Monique and Antonia
2: and i still talk to them this day you do i, I do.
0: called but i want to talk to both of them
2: they'll talk to you for yeah. sure
0: i have
1: left a message i'm waiting to hear back
0: oh you asked if she stole perfume from the other
1: yeah i got this weird thing and it was really random and when i get weird things like this it it means something, and I just haven't figured out what it means yet, and you weren't able to correlate it. It seemed like she stole your perfume or you stole her perfume. And I probably stole her perfume. And I, I, it I was just kind of a me. random thing. <laughs> it like was, she
0: was 15. You yeah. 12. Okay, yeah, so kind of this is um, the part that might be a little hard to listen to. Are you okay with going into things that might be more graphic? Yes. Yeah. Okay. One of the things that you had gotten was that she was rocking herself back and back and forth that there, um, she wasn't able to speak, that there was blood bubbling up on her lip. But do you get anything more about that?
1: Um, it, it felt like there was trauma or injury to her throat or her mouth. Um, I don't know if there was any kind of suffocation or strangulation that happened, but it was very, it was like, it was hard for her to talk. It was hard for her to breathe and it was very upsetting to her and traumatic to her. It's again, it's something that because of the way her remains were found, we we really don't. Only the person that did this to her knows what happened to her, and she's. It seems like it's hard for her to talk about it because I'm not getting clear information from her. I'm just getting little images of it. But the the injury and the pain and the trauma that I got was all around her chest and her throat and her her face.
0: Do you get that it happened quickly, or that she was alive for a while? I mean, because it's not possible to get exact idea of time of death from what the remains that were found.
1: I think I think it's all relative. I think that um, she was. I just have to say she suffered for a while, but I don't know what a while means. It could be minutes, hours. It, it could or be days. minutes, hours, or days. I I don't think it was days. But or or months that she was suffering. I mean, she may have been alive for a while, weeks, days, months. I don't know, but she wasn't suffering for a really long time. At least not. That's not what's coming through from her. It's just this this sense of panic and discomfort and trauma and uh, like horrified, like oh my god, this is happening to me. You know
0: that she figured it out. That she was.
1: Yeah, she knew, and that's why I think when we when we did the walk with the detective, and and I got so upset. We got to a certain point and I was so upset because I think I was physically feeling what she was remembering and and her reaction to that. This is where it all started right here when I got in the car here. That's where I made my mistake. That was where I made the mistake. Yeah. And that that just really um, it was kind of like this flood of memories for her.
0: Do you have any questions for her, Michelle?
1: So many. I'm sorry. (laughs) I know this is hard to hear. I know this is difficult. So this
2: is all very intriguing to me cuz this is my first experience with the medium. Well actually my second, but first with In first experience to you're right with regards to anything and it's fascinating to me and I totally am a believer. Um but why can't you just ask her what happened to her so
1: we can know? <laughs> oh if it was only so easy. <laughs> People like our detective wouldn't have any work to do if that was the case. Um, I think it, my take on it is because people who've been through a really traumatic event, and this is, this is living people or people who've passed over. It's hard for them to remember.
0: And honestly, Michelle can attest to that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's really difficult to remember. We block things out. We, um, it's almost like being psychotic. And I don't, I don't get the sense that she's stuck. Like, like stuck and hasn't been able to cross over but i think the memories are fuzzy for her because it's really hard for her to remember she doesn't want to remember because mm-hmm. it's painful it's like anything else i mean we step we shy away from pain mm-hmm. we don't we don't want to go towards pain we want to go away from pain mm-hmm. and i think it's very traumatic and painful for her to remember and the other thing is we she may not know who it was mm-hmm. she may have recognized the person or or felt comfortable but she may not have known who it was Wait, is there anyone that would make it easier
0: for you like like when you're asking me questions and I can say yes or no, like talking to Michelle, does it make it the picture clearer for you? Like, I don't, I picture it like a television screen, like you're seeing a television screen in your head. Is that an accurate?
1: The information comes to me in all different ways. Sometimes it's like a visual, sometimes I see words, sometimes I hear things, sometimes I feel things, sometimes Do you, I smell
0: things. Would certain people make that easier for you? Like, would some people make that like a vision? more vivid for you like how talking
1: to Michelle or talking to her mom it can it's I think it depends on the connection that the person on the other side has with the person I'm talking to so there are people that can make it easier for you yeah it's the energy the love the relationship
2: I feel kind of stupid thinking that there was this investigation going on for 40 years when there wasn't, um, I guess I'm naive. I never really was into criminal law or anything like that. Um, in my practice other than, um, misdemeanors.
0: So you just assumed it was like an ongoing,
2: right? I did. And it really, it just wasn't. And it pisses me off that my mom in the beginning, she would get messages from the police and say, Oh, has your daughter come home? And just super insensitive and ridiculous. And like I said, we already went over the evidence. Yeah. There wasn't any evidence of foul play, but there was a lot of evidence that would lead anyone with a friggin' brain that she didn't run away. Right. They should have immediately um, started a criminal investigation. Yeah.
1: And
0: they, they've changed those laws now that yes. that doesn't happen anymore. There's Amber alerts. There's yes. any child abduction has to be investigated thoroughly from the minute it's reported, And did you know that one of the statistics is that it takes approximately two hours to get the information from a parent when a child goes missing? Because the parent is so, I guess, like panicked. Distraught. You're panicked and distraught. The police to get all the information they need takes two hours. And those are two hours that are ticking. It's a ticking time bomb whenever a child goes missing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are runaways. A lot of them are abductions by family members. But out of those cases, there's a certain percentage and an unacceptable percentage of kids that get kidnapped. And that's clearly what happened with Carrie and Carrie's investigation went from runaway to missing to murder. And that's what we're talking about right now. And that's what the focus needs to be is that Carrie was murdered. Someone took her life. And if anybody has information knows anything regardless of how teeny tiny it is there's information that the police have been collecting over the years that anybody's teeny tiny bit of information might match something else and completely blow this case up where it can be determined it can be figured out it's not just going to be a confession it could be coming from a multitude of places and we just don't know what that is yet
1: people don't know what they know either they don't know what they know they just
0: know that they think that their information isn't relevant or important and you just don't hesitate just call just email us call
2: bob say something and if you were one of the last people to see her please continue to be helpful and and don't be afraid to Talk repeat your story me, over and over again. Your story. If you don't have anything to hide and nobody is even suspecting you, why would you not try to help and, or to call me and talk to me? And,
0: and that really goes with any case, not just Carrie's right. case.
2: And I'm very easily accessible and I just don't understand why some people involved in this won't talk. Um, that's super bizarre to me, but I guess it is there's what a goes. reason.
0: Well, and that's the thing they know, just like when you're listening to the podcast, I know you listen to every episode, Mm -hmm. you know, the whole story. So like, it's repetitive to you and you can pinpoint little things. Do you know what I'm saying? Where I don't think people realize that even if they're telling their story for the hundredth time or the thousandth time that there's a need for it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like with every missing person's case, Mm -hmm. I think that.
2: And I didn't know the whole story. I learned a lot about this story. Throughout the years,
0: it wasn't all available. Well, I was 12, so
2: nobody really included me in their their discussions about it. Um, It wasn't until I got older and I got more curious. And, you know, I actually wrote an article about not necessarily her case, but when I was in law school and it was published, and it was about older kids that go missing and how the investigation policies are completely different and you know when does the red flag turn yellow type thing and it goes deep into the history of kidnapping and um, I learned a lot back then but anyway on respect to this case it wasn't until I started getting more and more information by reading things and reports and such that I was very enlightened and um, like for instance I had no idea there were three boys with there I always thought there was just one yeah, and um, you
0: told me that. You told me that you just recently learned that mm-hmm. in the last year, like mm-hmm. since the article came out by Keith Sharon in the Orange County Register. I thought it was
2: just one, and I thought three boys and one girl, and but apparently all their stories were consistent on what they did that day and where she was allegedly dropped off. So but that eats
0: away at you. You want to talk to it him does. yourself.
2: I want to ask. I want to ask, for, and I also want to ask, when they met her because like i said their names appeared in her own handwriting on a piece of paper in a room
0: so she knew them from before so, yeah, so you want to know where? those things and yeah. i know
2: michael was from the let's see i think he went to buena park high school that's i found so him in buena Park. where high the school. hell why was he in fullerton
0: yeah that's I interesting have,
2: those are just little questions that i have yeah and i'm not accusing anyone i'm just want to know some answers. I don't How did you think know my sister? I don't think that's a, you know, a really scary hard one question. to answer, yeah. you know? Well, and I think that a lot of people who don't, and and I feel
0: blessed that I've never had anyone go missing or anything even remotely close to it. And I don't think that the rest of the world that the people that are blessed like I am can even possibly understand your desire to just face someone To understand someone, it's the same reason why people do victim impact statements. It's the same reason why people will go visit. If you go to the CDCR website, the Department of um, Corrections Rehabilitation, there's actually a link to meet with someone who committed a crime against you because I think it's, it's human nature to have a connection with a person that last was with your sister. Like, I don't think it's that unreasonable or that strange. I think I understand their viewpoint of not wanting to because. They didn't ask to be the last person to see your sister if mm-hmm. they didn't commit a crime or anything. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They are not asking to be in that position. But I understand your position of feeling that's a rock unturned. That's a leaf that you didn't.
2: Another big fact that I didn't know was apparently Carrie told Danny when she got to the ice cream part of that. A creep Someone was following, was following her. her.
0: And I why mean, was that not and followed? That's up a on, huge yeah.
2: fact, and I never knew that. It's not in any of my writings that I've done. So
0: They're, that's something that is something that still if hasn't that's been discussed.
2: True. Why wouldn't you take her home if some creep was following her? Yeah, you know. Yeah. It just were doesn't kids too, make though. any sense. Yeah. And if you if she really was dropped off where she's they said she dropped or they dropped her off. It had to have happened in a split second. I mean... It wasn't that far from your house. It wasn't that far at all. You couldn't see my house, but we walked it in, like, five minutes. Right. So, if someone was... Was it someone
0: who followed her there and was following her home and saw the boys take off? Were they
2: lying in wait, like, waiting for her to be dropped off? I mean, that... That kind of takes the case into a different direction than some random guy driving up the street, right. going, "Oh, look, at, there's a cute girl. I'm gonna pull over and kidnap her and kill her." Um, you know what I mean? That's just... and again, does that a huge fact for the police? If the if Danny told the police that that night,
0: yeah. And did he tell the police that that
2: night? With all those facts, why would you even even think about a runaway theory? Right? Why? They didn't. Right. It wasn't serious. Come on. It right. wasn't. They just didn't do anything.
0: Do you have anything
2: to add? Do you think that the creep that was following her was
1: the abductor? Are you getting anything like that? It could have been. I got a real clear image of a man in a car at, you know, at that spot where she mm-hmm. was. And um he did come across as creepy. So <laughs> your, your description is not that far off. But I... And I, I mean, I could, I, I gave a description of what he looked like, but I don't know th- the connection past that.
0: And Chrissy, so, you're going to continue to
1: see what you got. Absolutely. For like ever. Yeah. I mean, Oh yeah. Yeah. Beyond and as I like get more validation, it helps. It, it just helps me confirm and, and kind of, like I said, it kind of opens the door when something is correct. It's like, okay, we got that right. And then we kind of can maybe move up another level. And I also think it helps me connect with Carrie better too. And so if she, her, that would be a question I would have for Danny is okay, so
2: what did she say about this creep that was following her? Was it somebody in a car? Yeah. Was it somebody on foot?
0: Did they have a conversation out? about like, it? Were they worried about her? Is that why they took her home? Like, or did they not think about it again? Or did you, you know what I mean? I'd be curious
2: too. No, that's that's a question I would love to have answered. And if that ever Who gets this
1: creep? asked, let me know because I mean I even have an idea of what kind of a car it was. Mm-hmm. So you know, that would, that would be interesting.
0: If her mom wants to speak to you, would you speak to her? Absolutely. Her? Yeah. Do you have anything else for Christy?
2: I could be here for hours, but you know that you can text her <laughs> anytime. Yeah. We have yeah. a
0: text thread going so you can text her anytime, but there's nothing yeah. specific yeah. you have right now.
2: I just would be really interested in just continuing to receive your texts with any information that comes to you. Because something's gonna click, hopefully, someday. But I think maybe we should focus on this creep that was supposedly following her and get some information on that. What kind of creep? Yeah. Young creep, old creep? Creep in a car, in a car walking. walking, bike. That's something I'll. I'm gonna go get the police report and I'll look look it up. But. Yeah. Well, I think you getting the police
0: report too will help with your own finality of it too. Is that you? You need to complete the circle for yourself. Mm-hmm. You need to have all the information that you But that's you need. a question
2: that both Danny and Mike could answer Yeah, for me. One of them
0: might be able to, yeah, if they choose to speak to you or speak to me. If you have any information regarding the disappearance and murder of Carrie Patterson, regardless of how small you think it is, please call Investigator Bob Taft at the Orange County Sheriff's Department at 714-647-7045, or you can contact OC Crime Stoppers anonymously at 855-847-6227.